What's going on? And welcome to Totally Blitzed Podcast, The Fight Club. And today we're talking UFC 276, one of the deepest cards on paper, one of the best cards to watch. Very fucking electrifying. And uh, shout out to our host real quick before we start anything. I was going to start off with a round of applause for everybody with our picks this time. Shout out to that boy Kev coming in first place. Nine out of ten. 90 percent one no contest with sugar sean and was uh sean strickland uh winning away from having literally a perfect ufc card right and the bullshit is i didn't like this man sean strickland so i seen that he uh, that he was talking shit to izzy i i didn't even give a fuck about who the motherfucker was and i was like oh you can talk to izzy like that after you after you see what happened to Derek bunsen after you see what happened to paulo acosta must be dangerous nah nigga just stupid Boy got caught slipping. I, I'm still stupid. a fan. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still a fan of his though. He did make me a fan though. Next time we fight, I'm probably gonna root for him. I'm probably still gonna root for him. But yeah, nah, that boy funny, bro. I'm gonna definitely be rooting for that man. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. Stupid but funny. I think I think he dumb as hell, but he funny. He, he funny. That shit had me laughing in the press conference. And he be Just telling me. But yeah, nine for ten. That's not bad. And then I came in the second with a 7-10, one no con. Everyone has a no contest because Sean Strickland's fight. I'm not Sean, uh, Sugar Sean's fight. And then Mark is right behind me, six out of 10. But Kev, really, nine out of 10 is insane. I literally pick 90% of the card. Why would have came up on some money? Yeah, to spend every guy or even parlay a whole bunch of them together. But Bro, uh, be, that's how that's how, be, that's how I be getting my picks right. I don't be betting no money. So, like. There's no, there's no, there's no logic or sense that goes into it. It's straight up. I watched this guy fight. This guy could beat his ass. It's straight up. There's no, there's no. This man, this man's camp was this long. He trained. He changed trainers. He did this. Not. I see his style. And I see his style. And I like you this. Know style. your shit, man. <laughs> Street fight enthusiast. Street fighter enthusiast. Nah, but. Everyone had winning picks. We all fucking. That was a great fight card, start to finish. Fucking. The girls opening. Did y'all watch the very first fight? Like she, uh, homegirl got put into an arm bar and literally snapped her arm. And like, I was like, oh, everyone was like, oh my god! Like within the first minute, I didn't see it live, but I fucking I turned in on. I went on Twitter, bro, and fucking seen that shit and how she got her on the ground. I was like, oh shit, that's how they coming out. I was, what was I doing? I was get, I was making t-shirts, so I had to go to an event that day. But motherfucking, I, I, I was making t-shirts and then Paul texted, yo, what the fuck? And I look up and then I literally look up and I see this bitch's arm just. That's just Like literally, I'm, there's a 315 degree press in my hand right now. Like I'm doing some really hot shit right now. I look up and oh my God. And I almost burnt my shit. <laughs> that was the way to start it off. We didn't even pick that fight, but. Shit, 42 seconds all it took to get that fight done. And, and I wasn't the only one that was like that. No. And uh there was honestly only two. I didn't realize the only two women fights on this card, the opening two fights. We saw Jessica I's last fight. I think y'all got to see why I said she should have been gone a long time ago. She Macy Barber, unanimous decision. I respect it. I just think Macy Barber is really, really good. I don't know about Jessica Eyes. Can't. Like if you didn't give me that um that the breakdown of her for the preview, I wouldn't have known that going in. But like Macy, what I did learn is that Macy Barber might actually be the future. Her nickname might not be some bullshit. How do you feel about that fight, Mark? <laughs> I love you didn't even get to watch that one, man. Macy's ass. She's 24, but I will say this division is interesting because she's 24, and there's another fighter younger than her who's like 21, Casey O'Neill. She's she, only 24? Barber is, yeah. And uh, Casey O'Neill is like 21, I believe, or just turned 22. And she grew like her another person who grew up since like the age of four in a gym. And like mm. she has a black belt in this and is a high-standing kickboxer. And so like there's these two super talented pro like girls in the same division that might both be fine for the belt Man, that's crazy those some young cats what the and like this is a, that women's division is low-key getting a little more more stacked by the years man i remember it was just the nunez thing now you got Kenya, you got 
That's nah, there's hella talent coming in on the woman's side. Bro, you got hella talent now. Like, I'm just saying. Hella talent, great fights. But we gonna start getting these headlining women's, these women's fights headlining. I'm just saying, these fights be fucking good. There's one coming up soon. Who oh, yeah, like, 277. Oh, really yep. The rematch. That's gonna be hey bro. Loki, if you watch the ultimate fighter, I thought I was tripping. You've never seen them talk to each other. Like I yeah. really thought I was tripping, but even they in the, they don't fuck with each other even a little bit. And like yeah. it's so it's so smooth that like you can't tell because they because when um Charles Sonnen was a coach with a with a Brazilian dude, you could tell these niggas didn't like each other. Conor McGregor, Uriah, like Conor was always starting shit. Even with um the season with Kamaru, when they had the coaches, the um, Black Zillions coach and the Americans top team, they always came at each other. But this is the first time I've seen because it's gonna have that tension. You're gonna have that tension because you guys gotta fight each other at the end of the season. But they have never spoke. The only time they talk is at the um, weigh-ins, and when it was time to um, decide who's going, who's gonna fight in the semifinals and the finals, and so like they didn't agree on nothing. They low-key didn't even speak like words to each other. Like this is a that's a rivalry, that's a beef. I can't wait to fucking cover. But moral of the story: the women's division is a problem. Should and be. It's must, it's must see TV. For sure, man. Uh, and a uh, young talent, proven talent, and some vets in there. This next fight on the prelims is kind of like similar thing. We got an OG vet, Uriah Hall, Andre Munez. It happened a lot of like I, I thought it was going to go. We all picked uh, – oh, no, I, uh, Mark had Hall in this one. But Munez <laughs> just took him down literally every – Every time he, every moment he could get, made it effortless. Going from switching from the double leg to the single leg, taking the back, just controlling him, and ten minute control time, unanimous decision. Damn, hey, ten minutes. Hey, 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 my dog. At the end of the second round, Uriah was looking kind of decent. I ain't gonna lie, he was looking kind of decent at the end of the second. I'll give him that. When he got off, uh, whenever he uh, reversed the like, he tried. Yeah. Munez went from the back to try to go to the arm bar, and then Hall slipped out. That was that was a nice little the slip out to take, nice, uh, take the top. But my thing about it was his gas tank. I don't feel like it was all the way. I, maybe I'm tripping, but his gas tank wasn't all the way there to me. And I felt like he was tired as fuck by this after the first. And like, bro, you would get rolled the whole time. Like, I understand that's a lot of weight and everything like that. But y'all not heavyweights. Like, what what what's up with the gas tank? Gas tanks. Gas tanks. <laughs> Man, get that road work. No, I was saying, gas tanks can win three round fights too. Now he he's still the same fighter that walked through on the Ultimate Fighter, in my opinion. He still has the heavy hands, but he doesn't let him go. Like his corner, the whole fight was yelling at him, like you have to swing on him, you have to come out, like get this motherfucker out of here. Literally, his words, like we have to get this motherfucker out of here. Yes, you just come in and just do the same slow. And not even throw with a lot, like, and that's what Uriah Hall. That's why you say the most frustrating about Uriah Hall is he just doesn't throw a lot when he has that power in his hand, especially when he's down. It's like, all right, this is all or nothing round, and he still does the same thing that he did in the first round. He picked that volume up, and he fought. What was the name of the other fighter again? Munez, uh, Andre Munez. Okay, so oh damn, there's two Munez. That's funny, but um. What do you think about him? Because like I was watching, him, I thought he was, he has a very nice wrestling, very nice um skill set. And what division are they? They're middleweights. He's making his way up. Ooh, that's a tough division. But um, I think other divisions are tough. That's a really tough. Yeah. But um, how do you feel about bro? Oh, he's solid. I believe he's undefeated in the UFC. I'm about to double check. I know he had yeah undefeated in UFC. He had a submission of the year in 2021. Uh, so like his ground game is insane the way he can go from the back to the arm bar no one else really does that and he's really good at it so I think he can go far and he's just another one of those like he like he's Damian Maya if you if you know the name remember him like he has healed a lot of records for submissions and I believe the middleweight welterweight divisions and uh that's he's very his ground game's elite and he'll just take you there like a Bryce Mitchell like a Colby, but unlike them, he had, oh, Bryce Mitchell has a good submission game, but like, you know, he's just a great Brazilian grappler. And I think he's going to go far because there's not many, like if he takes Izzy to the ground, Izzy's good on the ground. Like he gotten better on takedown defenses, but like you're going up against a, 
elite BJJ artist, it takes one takedown for them to, you know, you see it happen all the time. BJJ. Then on to the next fight, get out the early prelims. We have the normal prelims. This fight was one of my favorite ones just to watch because homeboy's a wild man. Duplessis got the unanimous decision over Brad Tavares, and Duplessis was just fucking throwing everything at 150%, like full power. fucking raw. And he was having fun, too. And, like, he got a little tired out, and that honestly helped him because once he got tired out, he couldn't throw all the shots he wanted to throw. He had to be more calculated. (laughs) Yeah, he got a little smarter when he got tired. That's one way to do it. South African put it on. Then we finally had going in the next one. We had the Conor McGregor 2.0. Everyone wants to keep calling him. But Ian Gary's his own man. What did he do at the weigh-in? That boy did some crazy shit. Hey, man, that boy's a goat for that. I hope he does that shit every single time. I forgot about that. Gets the unanimous decision against Gabe Green. Gabe Green, a great fighter, and they had that was a nice little brawl. But Gary was just the better stand. Like it was. It was hey man, Gary got some fucking hands, bro. That boy was throwing some shots, and I was like, damn. You could tell he was like a boxer the way he was able to just pick his shots in and out, move on, like using his footwork. He looked raw, man. I like him. He might be like my favorite prospect right now. I like Ian Gary. I'm I'm a big Patty fan. I think Ian Gary might have better smile. That stand up is very very nice. Oh yeah, his stand, once Patty can get his stand up right, Patty's gonna be a problem. But Ian Gary, he's our. He, I would agree. I think he's a more rounded. He his his judo was full. I, did y'all see that one takedown he got? And he flipped homeboy right. Oh, like, oh yeah, hell yeah. Perfect judo slam. Nah, but when it comes to prospects though. Ain't nobody fuck with my dog Bryce Mitchell. No, I love Bryce, especially in that division. I think he is somebody who can really like we're just waiting for him to he hasn't fought in a little while since the Kobe fight. So waiting for him to get another fight. I was looking at this shit the other day. I was like, but nobody from that card's fought. Like nobody from that card is doing it. They're all chilling right now. They're all chilling. I think expecting them boys to do something that I'm done. Like, what the fuck boys got going on? Let's see. Then, uh, but Ian Gary's straight. I mean, he's still putting on. He made this fight look a little, I want to say um, effortless, but he showed that he was the better prospect. Like a 30-27 across the board. And every round, there was he could pick you. He had there's certain moments where he picked you apart in the stand-up. I think it was a good showcase. Yeah, show. Give it to him, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> But from prospects to vets, we have Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone, Cowboy. And uh, Jim Miller won. Shout him out. You got the guillotine choke in the second round. And uh, But I think the bigger story here is shout out to Cowboy. Thank you for the hell of the ride, my man. You fucking – you've been in so many wars. You fucking – you got all the bonuses for a reason, my man. Like, congratulations on the career. And he's calling it – he's calling it. Future Hall of Famer, man. Shout out, shout out, Cowboy. He, you know, he ain't want to tap either, man. But that shit was so locked in, he had no choice. He was trying not to tap. That's tough. That's tough. I'm not going to lie to you. I missed this Because I was like, bro, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing this motherfucker's name. Retire and go. But Damn, turned it off on his ass. Chased it? I had, I had to take a shower. That boy said, fuck it. I'm out of here. I've been, I've been waiting too long for this fight. <laughs> Shit. And uh, I knew it was going to finish. I knew this fight wasn't going to last. I knew these are some old, old farts at this point. Jim Miller now made it, <laughs> I think, three wins in a row, four wins in a row. Cowboys made it like five losses in a row. It's about time he hung him up. He's going to go be a movie star now. He's on the new TV show or movie with the, on Amazon Prime. So that boy's going to be a Hall of Famer and a movie star. That's actually pretty fun. So this is Dwayne Rock Johnson. Shit. 
Uh, he's doing it with a guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Christopher Platt, like they're co co starring in the show or something. So it's like, it, got, it got some money behind this. I was like, okay. Nice. I would have worn a shirt. I would have worn a shirt with the with the show on it. Like, but watch this after the fight. <laughs> Uh, but uh, then our next fight here, and this was the second quickest fight of the night by only a couple seconds. We had Jalen Turner, the triantula right here. This is my first loss on the card. This is when things start getting shaky. This is when Kev started leading the pack. Jalen Turner gets the 45-second guillotine choke over Riddell. I'm not going to say it made it look easy, but like when that shit happened, it was like, damn. That was fast. Nah, that shit looked kind of easy, man. What the fuck? Like, what was it? Like a minute into the fight? Forty-five seconds. Jeez. Nah, this shit. This shit is funny because I remember watching. I remember at the preview, I was in like, I don't know this Jalen Turner motherfucker looks like an absolute problem in every every sense of the form. Like, y'all sure y'all trusted Brad Riddell? And like, I didn't even know Brad Riddell was CKB because you know I'm CKB for life. But motherfucking over Jalen. Jalen Turner just looked like an absolute problem to me. And I just can't wait to see him continue to continue his career. What do you think is his next move? Because, like, bro, is an issue. He just did that probably on one of the grandest stages of the year. Jalen Turner's, I mean, he's in lightweight, very deep. But his biggest, he to me, like I said, he's the fun door of the UFC right now because there's no one that should be, like, 6'4". And fighting in the uh, in those in the lightweight division, he's one of the, a unicorn. Yeah, like he's a so big and long, like a he's six three, one fifty five, and Riddell's five seven, one fifty five, and like uh, Charles is like five nine, and like these are not the biggest dudes. So like like I said, like he reminds me of the Izzy of this division. Um, he just happens to be really good. He has a BJJ. I don't know what color belt, but I know he practice bjj goes hard to bjj but when it comes to striking he loves to stay from the outside and he can always stay from the outside because he's so fucking long and fast so he he has the sky's the limit he's fucking stomped through the competition up to this point this was a huge step up in competition only reason why i picked riddell was because i knew he had um volkanovsky and uh izzy behind him for this fight card and he, that boy is a brawler. So I just thought, okay, this is going to be a, a dirty fight for a big step up for Turner. Turner saw this step up and shitted on it. <laughs> so once you do that to the step up, it's like, okay, this guy fucking throw him in, throw him in with the wolves now. Neither yeah, but that, was, that was his first top 10 appointment or was Burdell not top 10? Um, Riddell's ranked, I believe he's top 15. Lightweight's, uh, I can tell you right now where he ranked. Because this was his first ranked opponent um, for uh, Turner. Yeah, Riddell's 14th. But his only loss was to Rafael Fasiv, who is another just fucking absolute killer. Absolute killer. Some highlights, uh, like insane off this chain who actually fights rda this next card we're talking yes on to our next fight we're on to the main events here we had this one sugar sean o'malley versus pedro munoz and went to a no contest the eye poke but what are the thoughts on the fight how was it going I think the eye poke is really split, so like I, I'm not gonna really say what I thought happened on it because homeboy does have paperwork from the doctor saying something. There are angles that those like people are all mad. What the fuck did the doctor say? It was a cut cornea on his left, or we're not left, whatever eye. It, the, he posted it today because uh, I after all the. Yeah, people was caught on his ass. Yeah, so he posted today. There's a cut cornea. A lot of people, some fighters coming out, they don't believe he uh, was hurt, faked it, get out of there. Other people <laughs> are like, hey, bro, like, so I've been poked in the eye very lightly in the middle, of, not middle, of, um, not lightly, but in the middle of a fight that don't look as bad. And trust me, fucking hurts. So, like, everyone, there's a lot of people split. Nah, bro, getting poked in the eye is probably, like, one of the worst things. 
Like that's why Draymond so like gets like it's so considered dirty because he does that shit. He's done that shit a few times. But like getting poked in the eye, because imagine like how important your eyes are in a fight. And getting poked in the eye, that shit hurts like a bitch. Like and it's gonna sting and you're not gonna be you're gonna see white for a second. Like it should suck. I personally would have attempted, would have attempted to do like this damage after the eye poke, but like at the end of the day, if bro can't see, you can't see. And I feel like when it comes to the get him out of there situation, it's either like he was gonna get out of there, or and I'm what's hold on, he was gonna get out of there, or motherfucking Sean was gonna get him up out of there. So like, regardless, I just think it just needs to run it back. Them boys, them boys worked on each other. They thought about each other for twelve weeks. Like they wanted to fight, and then, then the fight ended in the way they wanted it. Run it back, and if somebody doesn't want to run it back, you might know they might hear something. They damn, we'll pull the apple out. Yeah, <laughs> that shit threw me off for a second. <laughs> well, what are your nah. thoughts on the fight outside the eye poke? Because round one was all leg kicks from one side, and he was hitting them like a good amount of them like 90% of them were landing and uh, Sean O'Malley and it's like he was keeping his distance and Sean O'Malley was kind of trying to figure him out but Pedro didn't really only time he came forward was to kick the leg and then back right back out so it wasn't really much too much to really judge alright not too much to really look at man it's kind of a disappointment how it ended but I feel like they should run it back might have to. What's up, Kev? So, what's up? Well, this fight, there were two fouls, technically, because there was a nut shot that I haven't seen the replay, but there was a nut shot and there was the eye poke, and that's what wrote in a no contest. I was scared he would have got disqualified, truthfully. That's what I was really worried about, because I was thinking, like, damn, they're going to DQ his ass for that shit. But it was unintentional, like, motherfucker. But, the Sean O'Malley interview on the Sean O'Malley got interviewed hours after the next day by the pivot and it just dropped. And he explained that yes, he was getting kicked in the leg, but he was checking those leg kicks. That's why um that's why he kept backing up because he was in pain. He couldn't just like continue to move forward on those legs because every time he had kicked it, he had checked them. But he, Sean did say that he got um he got kicked a few times, but like it just looked like he was just slowly breaking them down and in the third round, he would have got him up out of it. I don't think he would have got him up out of it in the second. But it was a, it's, I feel like it could be a great fight. They both know each other. I don't think Munoz is going to want to um, fight Brett again. But it could have been a great fight. I thought it was funny when he did the spin shit, um, Sean. When he just did the little spin shit, like, ah, Oh, yeah. Hey, man, he heard, he heard the podcast. He was going to lay it on him. No, and, uh, I mean, even if they don't run it back here, I – there are plenty of people calling out Sean O'Malley right now who, like, he, he, I mean, he, Peter Young called him out. He called him, like, a pink doodle head or some shit. It was like, he, like, he, like he'll show him what real boxing is. And then, like, Henry Cejudo, uh, whenever he was doing the post-fight interview, Henry Cejudo was like, hey, I heard he been looking for an opponent. How much do you weigh? I'll fight you. And then, um, you know, Cejudo's always trying to throw his name in with anybody right now. Like, hey, bro, don't forget about me. I'll bust a lot of y'all. Um, so he has a lot of people who are potential opponents. I just want to see who's next. Like, cause if it's not Munoz, I honestly will say there, um, uh, I don't have the division in front of me, but that division is deep with wrestlers and like Jack Shore, um, Nomega Medoff, uh, I, Starling, that Starling's too high, but I'm just saying there's a, there's deep of ground game. I just want to say and Munoz was like the best for him to showcase his skills. So outside of Munoz, I think it's going to be like a, a step up fight like if whoever else he's fighting that's ranked is gonna be like all right this is sugar sean versus some real deal like killers now that'd be interesting to see i think it's all business at the end of the day from what i hear sugar sean is really like in deep he tries to get on the calls with the brands and stuff like that with the ufc he doesn't have a manager because a manager in the ufc doesn't make much sense to him because Dana's the one that's handling all the shit. Dana's telling the manager shit, and the manager's relaying the information. But in some cases, he gets 20% just for that. So, motherfucking, motherfucking, it's smooth. 
and I think it's a business all about now people are seeing that like okay he's a, he's a hot commodity now he brands himself well he knows how to um it's going to be a money fight and if you headline it you get the pay-per-view shares no that's true mm-hmm. I just wanted to get that contract Dana give it to him just so I can finally see him in the ring like this is similar with other like I you get a point where you see prospects just mauling through people and you're like all right I want to start putting him into the ring with other people and uh, that's where I'm with with Sean O'Malley. So, like, get him the contract, get him whatever money he wants, because it's like he, I'm not going to be happy if another year goes by and he's still in the middle of every card fighting nobodies for another whole year. Yeah, that, and he brands himself so well. Like, bro's out there with the pink Lambo. Oh, there's the pink Lambo. Shit. But then we roll on into the next with this main card of fucking what we thought, fight of the night. Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barberena. Them boys was bumping. Them boys was banging. Boys was throwing. Kev said it best. Robbie Lawler does not give you a boring fight and shit. I'm saying Brian Barberena, I think same thing. Sign me up for any Barberena fight at this point, bro, because he does. He enjoys going into a fucking war. He likes getting wobbled a little bit before he gets. That boy the got a chin. He has a fucking chin, bro. There was moments where I was like, oh, yeah, he's done. I was like, Robbie's beating the fuck out of this man. I think it was his jab. I think he had a southpaw jab. I think Robbie lost. I think he he came out like a southpaw, bro, and he had the stiffest jab. and just was was a rocket. (laughs) Bro, just pushing this man's head back. I was like, oh, bro, this dude is getting fucked up. But low-key, he was eating them whole time. He wasn't even really, like, getting fade. Like, obviously, it was hurting, but... Overall, he was eating them shits, and it only took, like, I think it was the elbows. Dude started coming in with the elbows. Oh, I ran up, bro. Them elbows, that's the thing. Uh, watch a bam. Nah, bro. That shit was crazy. And then you seen Robbie. You could tell he was shook. I was like, dog, don't tell me it's one of those. <laughs> Turned out to be one of those. It was one of those. Oh, yeah, man. Because there was moments I thought other dude was about to get rocked. That was crazy. It was dangerous, man. I like Lawler. I like the way Lawler just didn't give up. Like, I feel like if the ref didn't stop it, he would have still kept trying to fight. Oh, like, yeah, you could tell. He didn't give up. He was slightly kept coming forward. Real Korean zombie-esque. And, but, like, Brian Barbarina is a problem. I think he just needs to continue going up in this division because, like, he is an issue. Great, great fighter. He's a great sell. I fuck with bro. I can't remember this fight for some reason. I think because I think that's when I got stupid high. Well, like, I just remember watching Robbie just, like, thinking, like, damn, Robbie's not bad for it being as old as he was, but Brian Barberino was just coming with him whenever he had a chance. Lawler's ass fucking would do some body shit. Like, he was the more technical, I felt like, because he was hitting some angles on, like, the body. Nah, he looked nice. Punching the body and then coming over. and Like, it was, like, ooh, Or Lee ooh. coming in, like, with a double jab and come with the straight left. I was like, okay, dude is really... But throwing them shit. Like I said, Barbara is a little younger. He body's not as taxed in wars that we're in. He could eat more shots uh, at least at the end of the day because after those couple elbows in that second round, that's when that boy Laura is just he looked drunk. He had instantly. that Mr. Krabs meme like Jay <laughs> looked drunk when he got hit with those shits, bro. And that Laura's thing, he's like, but I am 40 years old. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, what am I doing right here? But he's a warrior. Boy will be back because he definitely looked good. Yeah, he did. Another fight, another KO, back to back. This, this right here, this back to back, this little three line fight right here was electric. Sean Strickland, Piera, that boy Strickland, Strickland did not use his wrestling. That went out sad as fuck. He said it was dope. He said at the dope, yo, if he goes in there and mixes it up with bruh and he and he makes and he keeps bruh on his toes the entire time, shows off that you're a you're an above average wrestler and do it. But no, I should have kept watching the press conference before I made my pick. Cause he said he's not worried about no kickboxing as motherfucker. He ready to motherfucking throw, he ready to go in there and throw, show what his hands are about. And he learned. You don't stand up fight. With a motherfucker who only stands up fights. Like, why? What do you gain out of that? People with it. He kills like, people. 
he just like he just whacked your shit. And I remember just watching that fight, thinking like, we said this was gonna happen. Somebody, somebody called a corner, bro. That nigga's dead. Like we said, this is gonna happen. Sean Strickland's pride is his worst enemy sometimes, bro. I boy went outside, man. I would give it to. Him. Hey, I'm not gonna lie to. Him. Did make me a fan though. I will be. I will be watching this shit next time. Yeah, and, dude, definitely a funny, funny dude. And he, he better do a press conference. <laughs> Maybe he has to do a press conference in the apex, like, like just by himself, nobody, just know, just him and Dana. Yep. And, and uh, I mean, I won't say he looked bad for the first two minutes. He, but it was weird. Did anyone feel like his stance, like his stance was weird? He was just walking forward with his hands like real close, and it's like kind of <laughs> trying to grab shit. And, and then like punch off the grab and like and at that moment I was like oh this man has no thought process of taking him down like he, he is <laughs> he's, he's trying some weird Mr. Miyagi shit right now and then he, he thought he was doing something and uh That's funny as fuck yeah but yeah Pierre showed it I mean you can't Complain now if he gets a title shot. He just beat the number four guy in the division and first round KO. Made that it title look shot's easy. coming. Made it look easy. Have you seen the TikTok? Oh, that TikTok. Right. MMA TikTok is only getting better. Like the one with like the cowboy bebop music, kind of. Oh, yeah, bro. I'll send it. If you haven't seen it, Mark, I'll send it to you, bro. But hey, man, the fight is on the way now. That was the number one contendership. Faria is going to be taking out Adesanya very soon. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be a, that'll be a fun build up. So it's going to be a great. I like that. I like them. They still got time too. That could be like a December or January fight. So I, I like them. To, I can't wait for that one. So shout out, shout out, Alex Perferia for winning that shit, kicking the fuck out of Sean Strickland's stupid ass. Somebody had to do it, and it was him. And shit made it look easy, but. Now let's get into our main events of the night. Both main events. That's how. Oh, both ball. Alexander Volkanovsky with the flawless victory over Max Holloway, and I'm sad to say y'all was right. I I don't have a shoe to take a shoe out of. I ain't, I ain't a dirty motherfucker. So okay. Okay. I, I will take it. a shot though. I will I will take a shot. I wasn't even thinking about it until just now, so I will take a shot over that loss. I don't think I would want to see you even I, do a shoey. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna get him to do a shoey. <laughs> I would do it out of like a new shoe or something, but like I have a pair of new shoes, but why would I ruin my pair of new shoes? <laughs> Because you, <laughs> you thought, because you didn't believe in bald. Not a, not for fucking Max, man. Not yeah, for Max. Sorry, boys. Because you didn't believe in bald Volky. I was like, I. It was the blasphemy from your face. Damn, that was a strong shot. It was a blasphemy from your face when you were when we both when we both picked Alexander the Great, and the way you looked at us like we were stupid. I was like, I walked off too. I was like, man, it, that pound for pound talked different. I understand. I understand what you meant. But I understand where you were coming from. But we forgot bald Volky. The way Volkanovsky can mix up his um mix up his dif- disciplines and be able to kick you, punch you, and take you down all within four seconds is fucking incredible. Like just straight up. Like the way he's able to just keep everything pushing and keep everything going. Like he's probably like I think one of my favorite, like genuine, like fighters like if i were to ever like want to be a fighter it would be a mix of 80 percent volkanovsky bald volkanovsky like he's just that talented low-key i think i'm bald volky has moved up to probably my he might be my favorite right now bro after watching two of his fights bro i just love his fight style bro it should look like magic in the fucking ring bro 199 significant strikes he didn't even. He's scared. And he talking that shit while beating his ass. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I don't do damage. <laughs> how yeah, fuck it, bro. How does that squirt in blood, bro? That shit was terrible. Like an operating table, bro. And yeah. uh, but 199 significant strikes, and I really like. I had. I haven't seen someone really do shit like this, like 
Max Holloway, as we know, isn't someone who shoots takedowns, bro. He made Max Holloway shoot three takedowns. Of course, they didn't work. But, like, to make someone who's, who is a striker basically give up striking, like, beat their ass in, in their discipline, like, does it, to, like, now have to do something where they know that you're not better than you win, where they know that you're the better wrestler, but they're still going to shoot on you. World class. Nah, Volky is different, man. That That was a... Legendary performance right there. Hey, man, CKB for life, man. That boy, he, the way he mixes it up with the two, he goes to CKB, they get the work in, and he goes back to Australia, gets the work in. It's like, Moki is just that dude. And I love Matt, Hall- Matt Hitman Holloway. Like, that's the Hitman. Like, he's really good. He's just stuck in number two contender all in hell. Like, he's just stuck there. Like, it's tough. Number one contender hell. Like, you're better, you're significantly better than everybody else. But, just can't be that number one dude. Like he's just a fucking problem. And I don't. I, if we do see a Holloway and Volky four, like she's gonna be way down the line. Like that shit is just bad for business right now. So like motherfucking, it's gonna be interesting. Who do you think would be his next opponent? I think he's honestly getting out of the division. I think Volkanovski is unless so the two potential fights. I think for Volkanovski is he goes up. And since, and I think this fight's still very potential. The belt's bake, uh, vacated still. He could fight for the belt, like straight up against somebody else, undisputed. Or he fights Dustin Poirier for like a tune-up fight, since he is like the number one guy there, or Justin Gaethje or something. Or Sterling, who called him out, might move up, and they just run like champ versus champ, double belt on the line type shit. And uh, so I think Sterling versus him, or him versus. Habib, not Habib, um, him versus um, Charles Oliveira. I think it's the fights to make right now because he's that he's done with that division. Like yeah. he sent Max Holloway to join Robert Whitaker, Dustin Poirier, and Kobe Covington in the the number one contender club forever. Damn! <laughs> like he just like and it, it Max's best move right now is if Volkanovski leaves the division and then he can reign on top again. Yeah, once Volky leaves the great, he's going to go conquer another weight class. But, yeah, I think that's going to be – we're going to start seeing – like I said, we have nothing – we're going into this dominant champs reign, and all these dominant champs might be the only people left in their division, and they might start looking across looking across the way. That boy Volky's hitting his prime. That boy Kamari said he'd be down to fight Izzy. Kamara said he's going up to light heavyweight. He's skipping middleweight altogether. He was talking about fighting. Um, he, the, uh, he said he knows he can knock some of them people out. He said there are some dogs up there light heavyweight. But I look at some of them top contenders, and I know I can beat them. But if he Man. jumps that two divisions and goes to knocks off, like Jan, him and Jan were saw squaring up uh, face-to-face, and then Jan even posted a picture of them squared up saying they call him a monster, but I'm a the monster slayer. So like hey, that's a fight. That's dangerous. But who was um wasn't there a beef in the stands? There's two of them people beefing. This Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler, they've been having the beef where he they don't Dustin when Michael Chandler first joined, Dustin Poirier was shitting on him for coming from Bellator. And then when Michael Chandler got on the mic, he called out everybody but Poirier and he said it was because he don't he doesn't like the guy, he doesn't want to fight him. And then Poirier was like, Yeah, he doesn't want to fight me because he's scared. And then now they finally Ran into each other. Oh, shit. Yeah. Gilbert Burns was recording it, which is funny, because he's just like, he's just like average Joe. Like, oh, shit. Record these motherfuckers. I'm going to post this for it. But shout out Volkanovski, world class. On to our main event. An- another unanimous decision, one side affair. Israel Adesanya retains the belt, beats Jared mm-hmm. in here. But before we talk the fight, let's talk that walkout. Bruh, so Vince McMahon, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, from what I seen, was out there in the front row. Somebody came out to Shawn Michaels. I think it was um Barber. Macy, Macy Barber came out to Shawn Michaels. Okay. That's pretty fire. I wish I, I, I had missed that. I was too busy not keeping the fuck. But, um... That was by far the greatest outro I walk out I've ever seen because like it was so simple, so classic, so iconic, so basic. You can't beat that. Like, and this is coming from Israel, the nigga that be um 
dancing and TikTok and shit like that. So him to just come out, it's no Vince McMahon was right there, brand. You know he's gonna contract after this. We will see, we will see him doing something at WrestleMania one day. Motherfucking that shit was gangster, man. The hat was nice. The Jer- the fact that Jared Cannonier, he had Jared Karen Cannonier on the um what what do you call that thingy? The urn. The urn and coming out to the Undertaker's classic iconic music. That was really the greatest thing. That was really the greatest intro I've ever seen. And like I took up a lot of time talking about it. But how did y'all feel? Like, did you guys get like chills? Did you get the nostalgia? Because I didn't hear the doom. I didn't hear that part, but I heard it. Hey man, I wasn't expecting that shit at all, but I, I thought I felt, I felt like I was watching WrestleMania for a second. And they said, Doom. That shit was tough, bro. For Very real. tough. And then the, the little things about it, like you said, the urn, the smoke screen projector, that like that shit was hard. And then um, when he took the helmet off, he actually did the Undertaker iconic. Because Undertaker doesn't just take it off, he does it like that or so she has a special way of taking it off to Thanks. sell it and he did it like he did that shit down to the t i was like oh he really studied that fucking thing and uh boy put on the show like like from start to finish that's what that like uh with the that walkout like he he does do those little things like that that separates him from other fighters that like don't care about the walkout they don't care but like it's a business so like Sometimes you those things like that will make you grow, and he fucking knows it, and he's the master of it. And I feel like I feel like this was that was just some cool shit, man. That was some genuinely cool shit, and that boy just understands how to how to catch a crowd, and the numbers make up for it. Speak for it. I don't know how true these are estimations. I don't do numbers. I don't. I don't pocket watch. But they say he made two million just off of this fight before the pay per view buy. So like off of his contract and everything, all that good stuff. I don't know exactly how it works. But, like, it just shows that he's the one – he's the biggest draw in in, um, UFC. But how do y'all feel about the fight, though? So, we all know it was one-sided. But how do y'all feel about the fight? Everyone's on his ass talking about he's boring. That shit's crazy. I don't think he's boring. Well, I I just – there's some – there's just – it's hard for – it's really hard for me to to call a fight boring. I understand they're always setting something up and they're always doing something. No, I mean, I don't like saying boring, but I do agree because, like, I didn't think he was going to knock him out just because I know Izzy's fight style and it's very calculated. He's he's smart. He's not going to lose fights because he's the smartest person in that ring. He's not going to... He's a champ. He's not going to overshoot on something. He's not going to overextend on a shot. Like, he's going to be calculated... And if he's ever in trouble, which is rarely, like we haven't seen it in a while, but he's in, like in his younger of his career, when he ever got in trouble, he went to like fight, picking you off from a distance, counter punching. And like sometimes if the other guy don't throw anything, you can't counter punch. And you see that happen in boxing a lot where like two people are just kind of waiting to pick their shots and can't blame either one of them. I won't say he's boring, but like, whenever you're saying you're going to start knocking these motherfuckers out and stuff like that. I mean, Volkanovski was like, he picked Max Holloway apart, but you would say he did it in a different fashion. Like he, he did it in more of a dominant fashion. Yeah. He initiated stuff. And then that's where I think people start saying, Oh, well, we'll look at how he, even though he coasted to a win, he didn't just stand in the back in the pocket. Volkanovski, like someone else is like, he's more of an initiator. So I think that's where the draw comes out um, or the knock comes at Adesanya. Cause he'll, he'll sell like a big show. And then you're watching like a 25 minute low key masterpiece kickbox performance. Cause he's just picking the dude apart, but it kind of gets boring whenever it starts happening like over and over and over again. Yeah. That guy's going to fight didn't last. Like that's what got that's what I didn't understand how long ago that was until because like when I started getting to the UFC to get when we started watching it started um talking about making this podcast I it was Israel Adesanya like I was watching all his shit and I was like wow bro it's nice like I watched the Gaston fight then I watched the Whitaker and I seen he became champion against Whitaker I seen he beat Paulo Acosta and then he lost the um and then I heard that he lost to Yan Rocky it's Yan and um motherfucking the next but like i see that he just fought robert whitaker and the next week i find out that he's fighting robert whitaker too so i don't understand how long a gap that was between those things 
So like to see, like to find out about the Romero fight and then this, and then it's just like, okay, I understand. You guys remembered him as this young prospect beating Anderson Silva, beating um knocking out, I think he knocked out Derek Brunson. Motherfucking beating Anderson. Knocked out Robert Whitaker, um, went to hell with, for to um, beat Kevin Gaston for the interim. Like, we remember that stuff, but like, now that he's like, he's he's grown as a fighter, he's evolved, he understands that he doesn't have to be the aggressor, he doesn't have to always be the initiator. He knows that he's playing, um, he's playing a chess game and he doesn't really give a fuck about how people feel. It's a lot on the line, mm-hmm. so like, you can't get mad at him or not. It's just like when it comes to that pound for pound list. Niggas might try just because of that. And uh, well, we'll see because I think with if the Pierre fight happens, we'll finally get to see like someone who is elite stand up like that with him, and we'll actually might be able to see an actual war from Izzy in a while, and then that might you know feel, you know, that might that might quiet off the haters for a while, because he is world class, and that's sometimes your biggest drawback is is you're so good at what you do it's hard to make it look exciting whenever like remember the Floyd fights that's what I consider almost like a Floyd where he gets the decisions a lot now but he, if you're, he makes it look too too simple it's yeah too skillful hard, too. boring but it's like hey it was, it was a master class performance yeah the person fighting him doesn't feel like he was boring the first fight he was annoyed upset couldn't get like he felt like he couldn't get his shots off together he always he was always playing defense even when he tried to be on offense like to be in that ring with that motherfucker, you learn to like, oh, he's really like putting in, putting in the, putting in work the entire time. But I think Jerry Kennedy fought well. He has a nice chin because the goal was for him to go down. The goal is for him to go down. He said, "Fuck that." And I think he's just a great prospect. Not prospect. He's um a great contender. Probably see him fight against another um good, another strong contender like maybe a Vittori or a motherfucker. What another um puncher? Maybe, maybe Sean Strickland. Like you never know. So like, I'd love to see him continue to grow in his own thing. Maybe he goes back up to two hundred five and um takes on um their champions and try to and try to run that division because like this division might this division might be unlocked for a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Well, also before we head out, that's um that's what happened throughout UFC two seventy six. But also a little Izzy news. John Jones, I don't know if y'all saw that. They were they've been going back and forth. John Jones came at him like, I guess uh, Izzy in the post interview he made a frozen uh, reference uh, whenever he was uh, talking about his opponent or whatever. And then uh, he was just he tweeted out like Alex Pierre is not gonna be afraid. You can't something basically along the lines of Alex Pierre is not gonna be afraid somebody with paint and nails making frozen references. And then Israel Adesanya then shot back in some, I think, um, like the post-post conference interview whenever he's in the back and everything. And uh, then he, someone told him about the what John Jones said, and he was basically like, oh, fuck that guy. I don't know. He says, I maybe probably about a steroids or something. I don't know. But they've just been kind of popping shots back and forth now. Ever since I seen that Valentine's Day shit, I was like, oh, this man is – and this is like real beef at this point. That'd be interesting if they ever fought. I think the long, I feel like the longer it takes for the fight, the more ch- the more likely is he, the bigger chance is he has to really like put them lights up. I don't know if he's putting John Jones lights out. He not put his lights out, but like the older, I don't know, because John Jones is just a natural gifted freak. I, I know what you're saying though, like the, the more because he's still young. John Jones is only getting older, so the more time that passes, the and John more likely Jones, is he got it. Like, and the way and Izzy can build into a bigger body, like he doesn't need to like just go up. Like cause they said, and then the man ate ice cream before the weight. The cheese is a nasty skinny guy. Yeah. Also, I just don't think Izzy. I mean, he can move up slowly because he's gonna have to do something soon. And uh, but John Jones now at heavyweight, like I think the <clears throat> it's gonna be a while because I don't I can't see John Jones going back down. So like. Cause he just spent what two three years to make that to get to this point where he's at now to fight in heavyweight. So uh-huh. like, that, unless Izzy moves up the heavyweight, which I don't think he's ever gonna do. I don't think. I think this is just like um, like tickling our ball sack, bro. There ain't, ain't nothing really gonna happen. It's just, yeah, that, that's just foolery, <laughs> man. Maybe they might see each other in the streets. 
Hey, John Jones put a do a couple lines, a couple beers. He fight anyone in the streets. <laughs> Girlfriend, John is Jones needs to get the fuck back. He needs to get back in the octagon. Facts. Man, that boy and fights Francis, like Francis kind of stood up for Izzy because uh, you know Francis and John Jones potential fights always about to happen. So uh, he said, while John Jones has been away, Izzy has defended the belt five times. Like something, and that's all he's like left it at that. I was like, oh, like just put his little two cents in on it. So like he's just stirring up the pot for that fight if he comes back. We're still waiting on that, but John Jones is a hot commodity. We'll see, man. We'll see if it can ever get back. He's uh, out there. Coaching. He was coaching somebody not too long ago. I want to say his dude lost, but like he was coaching. Yeah, no, uh, he was. No, he was a. Uh, Dude, I can't, but the dude he was coaching was like massive because he made John Jones look like a puny kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that's been UFC 276. And uh, once again, shout out to Kev and follow our picks because Kev fucking almost a perfect pick. Like, I can't even give you the odds if you would have parlayed your non correct picks together. You would have probably been able to bet five dollars for like a couple bands, right? Like, that would have been crazy. Yeah, so. Follow the picks. All of us went above. Like Marcus, six out of ten, seven out of ten. Those are those are winning numbers right there. So, stay tuned. We got fucking RDA versus Rafael Fasid coming up this week, and any boxing that matters. So, this has been Totally Blitz with your host Paul Pickham, William Concha, Kev Waterboy Savoy, Marcus PT Panley. You did. And if you didn't know. Now you know, motherfuckers. Yeah.